Hi, this is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamformradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Please hang a moon up and tune up the cellos for here come the dreamers. Tell all the fellows to varnish their trumpets, butter the crumpets and garnish the cellos. Let us get to it and do it upright. Welcome the dreamers with all. Welcome to Dream Farm Radio. My name is Julie Lavender, and I'm sitting in my family's lovely historic home overlooking the rolling New Hampshire fields of Dream Farm. I'm inviting you to drive down the country road of your imagination and join us right here in our barn with its soaring posts and beams and its panoramic view of the countryside. Today we'll welcome fantastic, independent, eclectic jazz musicians to play live music for us, share their recordings, and talk about what inspires them. We'll touch their dreams as we open our ears and our hearts, listening intently to the fresh jazz expressions they unleash. And you never know, Dream Farm Radio just might inspire you to fulfill a creative passion or two of your very own. Well, this afternoon at the farm, we have something kind of exciting. I've got a special guest, Bertram Lehman from Boston, actually originally from Germany, right? That's correct. And Bertram is a phenomenal drummer and percussionist, so we're doing this thing called Around the World with Percussion, I think. Is that okay if we call it that? That is wonderful. Well, see, Bertram came from, let's see, Baden-Württemberg. How do you say it? Well, yeah, Baden-Württemberg. Very good. All right, that's much better than it sounds when I say it. Mm -hmm. But he came to Boston in 1989, roughly, to study jazz drumming and wound up taking over the ethnomusicology world. Right? Music in culture, music and as culture. Cu- as culture. And learning all about percussion from around the world. Yes, that's true. And folks, I've had uh, Bertram here in a number of groups as a percussionist and drummer, um, recording other shows for other fine musicians out of the uh, Boston area. And I had this idea, what if we just brought him up and let him play with all the cool instruments that he has from around the world that are percussive, but also melodic, right? That's correct, yes. So we're going to learn about that. You need to know that Bertram has toured the world. He's he's toured India, Spain, Ghana, Ecuador, Mexico, gosh. Russia. Israel. Yep. Wow. So you've really picked up a lot of information about instruments from around the world and how to use them? Yep, I've done, actually. I have some of these instruments with me. Certain On certain trips, I've been able to buy a couple little things, trinkets. He's surrounded like, I would say it's something like if you were a scientist, you'd, you'd be like this mad scientist in this lab with all of these bo- vials of bubbling things. Exactly. Right? Well, this is what it looks like in the recording area we have here with all of your instruments. 
So we're excited. We're going to take a little tour of these instruments and hear how you use them. Yeah. Excellent. Would you like to start off the show by um, telling us uh, what you brought and how you used it in the recording we're going to feature? We're going to, re we're going to feature all kinds of music that you've played on, and we'll play something live here with another musician, Don Davis, who's here to, with us today. But um, we wanted to start off the show with this song called Waterfall, and I would like the folks to hear what you what instruments you featured in your interpretation of this song for a, a musician called Peter Jansen who plays guitar? Sure, yeah. This this uh, kind of music um, required a more atmospheric, textual approach. Um, most folks think of percussion as maybe something that has to do all with, with drums. Um, even in orchestral percussion, um, we have bass and snare drums in the classical world, and then we have Latin percussion, we have African percussion. Um, but I've been very much interested in music that features more uh, t textual kind of colors, such as cymbals, gongs, chimes, and I've been trying to collect those over the p past years, including on some of those tricks, uh, trips. And um, in this particular song, um, I use a lot of very nice cymbals, and uh, I brought a few different types just to showcase the diversity in what exists in the cymbal world. Cymbals originally come from China and also Turkey. And um, here's one symbol that I like a lot. This is called a flat ride. It's a very pristine, um, glassy kind of a sound. Sounds like this. Here's a symbol called a splash. And here's one called a china, harking back to the original Chinese symbols. So you're using all those in Waterfall, and what else are you using in that tune? I have some chimes from Korea, Korean chimes, some Indian bells, and I also use some wood blocks and other kind of bells, and I'll, I'll play you just a sample of the yes. kind of groove I might be playing in that tune. Well, that's cool. And you know, I want everyone to notice when they hear this song that Peter Jensen, Jansen? Yeah, Peter Jansen. Jansen, a fine guitarist from our area, has done an instrumental album of, of guitar music. And what Bertram does with that is take it in a different direction than perhaps the original guitar harmonies might have suggested. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking, let's play the tune for the audience and, le and let them pick out your percussion features throughout. How sure. does that sound? Sounds great.
Bertram, what was the funnest thing about playing on that tune for you? It's always about finding the right sound for the moment. That one particular cymbal or bell or even the woodblock that really matches the, the, the moment from the point of energy and also blend with the other instruments. Well, as a visual artist, I'm always watching that last stroke that ends a shape that makes me want to go home and, and just happy, right. you know? Yeah. So maybe like that, huh? Yeah. Well, we're going to find out ways that you found just the right sound for other contexts. Very, very different music and how world percussion fits in with that and how you interpret it, Bertram. So I'm looking forward to sharing more of your music in the next segment. Is that all right with you? Yeah, it's wonderful. I would hope so, yeah. So everyone, you are listening to Dream Farm Radio. I'm Julie Lavender. I'm your host. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with more percussion with Bertram Lehman. i mm-hmm. 
This is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamfarmradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to Dream Farm Radio. I'm Julie Lavender, your host. And today at the farm, we have Bertram Lehman, who is 
an ethnomusicological percussion playing fiend, right? <laughs> You've got oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more so. kinds of instruments in front of you than Carter has pills, as we say here, mm. or my folks used to say that anyway. And um, we thought it would be really fun for people to hear samples of sounds and for you to describe what you've learned about percussion and give us some, um, some feedback and some history and set up the song we're going to do live together. So why don't you take it away? Yeah, thank you, Julie. Um, so um, I have a couple of instruments here with me. Um, and uh, the instrument I want to show first is something called a talking drum. Um, one of the things that I've discovered really being of uh, the, having the biggest difference to the way usually percussion is treated and thought of in the Western uh, sense, uh, for instance, in classical music, is that uh, there, um, if you were to think about a snare drum, for instance, it's something that adds timbre to something else to underscore. What's timbre? Timbre is just the quality of the sound. Um, you know, a snare drum, implied by the term snare, has a buzzy kind of mm -hmm. a sound. So let's say in a symphony of Beethoven, uh, it'll be there to augment a certain quality in the otherwise um, melodically playing orchestra. Likewise, timpani in Mozart's music support oftentimes the, tr the trumpets, the horns. But in uh, music f uh, from around the world, um, rhythm often is much more uh, verbally inflected, coming out of uh, oftentimes the parameters that uh, are um, distinct to a language. So drums speak. Yes, exactly. Uh, we, we, we have to remember that in Africa, like in Asia, uh, languages are tonal, so that the meaning of a word changes depending on the uh, pitch level it is being spoken at and the inflection. So um, what to a, a listener might sound just as a musical pattern um, to speakers of a certain language uh, will could in fact actually represent a semantic particular meaning. And as a matter of fact, in, um, in African music, the um, polyrhythmicness of various percussion parts, for, for example, um, it's sort of um, poetry in motion, um, where, whereby one drum is being answered by another one, and but they have particular kind of content. And this comes uh, from the from the fact that in Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, writing really wasn't very common, uh, f for one reason that things on paper wouldn't last. Mm. So um, tradition and oral tradition is basically being encoded in musical. Uh, lines and these lines are carried by drums and uh, in some cases also then by the by melodic instruments. So the instrument that people think about probably foremost is something called a talking drum and I brought one with me from the uh, northern uh, people of Ghana called the Dagomba people. This one is called a Luna and it sounds like this. pull on the strings it changes the pitch that's you correct this is that. a drum in the way um, that if uh, your listeners have heard any talking drum before they might have seen it, it it looks like an hourglass shaped drum with strings and by pressing with my elbow i can change the pitch and mirror speech contour so this allows me to play literary melodies
very cool. So it really is a language then. Yeah, in yeah. A way. And I'm not doing this justice uh, really well. Um, just uh, for instance, in this particular culture, these drums are really able to inflect uh, and to, 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 to um, bring out every little inflection of that particular language. So um, the, the native drummers literally are drumming what they speak. And it's very difficult, if not impossible, for somebody who's not a speaker of that language um, to really play within their uh, musical universe. Um, so so in other words, were these the first cell phones then? Yeah, yeah, you could say <laughs> yes. And actually in, in, um, in other um, African drumming cultures, also from Ghana, um, there is a, we actually have a tune in one of my bands where the, the, the lyrics basically say, uh, can you get me a beer? <laughs> and uh, yes, so I mean, this is an interesting first sort of... A guy could drum on his way home and say, honey, I'm, I'm running late, I'll be there soon. Yes, and you know, this is an important factor actually, which was recognized early on in the Americas um, by the colonial authorities, that the slaves at the time uh, were able to communicate uh, among great distances using drums. And that's one of the reasons why, for instance, drumming uh, was outlawed in the, in the New World uh, for a good amount of time. Um, actually, the New World brings me to another step in this evolution of what you can call talking. And um, one example of that type uh, would come from Cuba, the island of Cuba, where in the early 20th century you have the emergence of a music called son. And the son music, which is the precursor to what we nowadays call salsa, um, features or featured an instrument called the bongos. And I'm sure uh, most of your listeners are familiar with that term. Um, it sometimes gets confused with the term conga. Um, these are two different instruments. And the bongos in the, in the United States are usually um, maybe perhaps more associated with the Californian hippie culture of the 1960s. The beat, beat culture. The, the beat 60s. culture, yeah. Um, but these are actually very important and in a certain way sacred instruments um, that were used early on. And um, like the talking drum now, in these cases, they cannot do continuous uh, um, pitch inflection. So what happened in the new world is that the, this kind of aesthetic of different levels of speech got just basically pared down to two pitches. And I'm going to show that how that works. So bongos are little small drums, um, eight and uh, six or eight inches in size. And I'll give you a little bit of a sampling of the sounds that they can do. talking in that case, uh, of course, these drums are not talking, literally, but the talking element comes from that distinct um, juxtaposition of high and low sounds. So something like this, which may sound just like a musical phrase, uh, is actually something that is considered to talk. Now, in this... Two voices. Basically. Yeah, two voices. Uh, and, and in that sense, not anymore like in the uh, sort of semantically specific sense, like in, in the African traditions, that got lost uh, in the New World. But the aesthetic of high and low and um, stratification 
basically in a melodic sense is what survived. We're all pretty familiar with that. We probably just didn't think of it in those terms because we're used to hearing two pitched drums, two differently exactly. pitched drums. And, and the, the, the drummers of this traditional, let's say, Afro-Cuban uh, uh, drum, drum uh, percussionists, they, they will be very sort of clear uh, uh, if they appreciate if somebody is talking on the instrument and not just playing sort of mechanical, what we call licks. So this sort of, uh, like this, um, rather sort of drumistic. That kind of stuff is not really held in high regards and you can play much less, but make a musical and thematic statement. So I'll, I'll demonstrate that. A pretty clear and concise, uh, and uh, thematically, you know, um, th thematically con concise kind of way of playing. And one last thing to add about the bongos is that these drums, which don't seem all that uh, impressive, um, were in fact outlawed in the uh, early part of the century, um, in the 1920s, uh, when the song music came up, uh, because they were still deemed as being too African. So, what are these nice big pieces you have in front of you that you might? used to play with me. Right. Uh, well, in, in this case, uh, now the, the next uh, step that I have thought about a lot is how can I maintain this melodicism in the drumming and uh, make it less, um, let's say, um, uh, aggressive. And so I've, I've worked on creating a set of uh, drums that retain the melodic character and that allow me to basically compose melodic ideas on the drums. So w are we going to hear that in the tune we do together? Yes, we will. Give us a quick sound of the drums that sure. we're going we're gonna to play. Or you're going to play. I'm not going to play. I'm going to enjoy them. And you'll hear these um, language. Nice, nice. Well, why don't you guys join me on this tune? of mine called uh, Time of My Life. We're going to have Don Davis featured on the flute, Bertram Lehman on percussion, and Julie Lavender. I'll play the tune with guitar and vocal. Each line is a path I follow. 
What were the names of the drums that you played in the tune? Well, I had a djembe from Mali or Guinea, a conga from Cuba, and a sabar drum from Senegal. Wow, makes me want to hear a whole lot more of what you've got to offer, but we need to take a break. You're listening to Dream Farm Radio, and we'll be right back. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamfarmradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Dream Farm Radio. I'm Julie Lavender, your host, and my guest is world percussion player Bertram Lehman with bells and whistles and all kinds of goodness. And uh, we're playing a little bit of all kinds of sounds and different styles of music in the ways that world percussion can create atmosphere and as well as grooves, right? So these are interesting pieces that we're going to program now in the show that you recorded as part of a special project that I want you to tell us about and kind of tell us what to expect in the piece that we're going to hear. Yeah, thank you, Julie. Um, 
The next uh, two pieces are uh, from a brand new project. This is a world premiere of uh, not actually released material. Wow. Still in progress. It's done, but um, we're not quite done uh, We got the scoop it. on it. Yep. Um, and this was done with a friend of mine uh, from, from Germany visiting about a year ago exactly. And another uh, local um, musician, good friend of mine, um, Mehmet Sanlikol, uh, on uh, Turkish instruments. And my, my German friend, uh, his name is Wolfgang Torkler, and this is a project called Trio West, mm. Trio West, based on compositions by uh, Wolfgang. And uh, the idea was to um, basically practice, um, in his words, my friend's uh, Wolfgang's words, deceleration, do very introspective music um, that emphasizes uh, a meditative aspect without being overly spiritual, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, but kind of bathing in the, in the sonic resonance and of, 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 of sounds of all types. A very acoustic kind of an affair. And um, uh, like in some of the things we did already today, um, in this case, I was sort of tasked with, with finding sounds that would complement um, this meditative mood. And um, in this particular piece that's coming up, I ended up doing uh, a lot of sounds that were uh, drawn from the same kinds of uh, jingles and cymbals, as well as some oriental percussion like frame drums and dumbek. Okay, well, let's hear it.
You're hearing a world premiere of some music that Bertram Lehman is working on. That was Realm 4, right? And we're going to hear another piece from your brand new project that is called, um, let's see, Luftjahre, which is Luftjahre. German for... Air Years. Air Years. Well, it features this really unique drum that has hair on it, right? Right, yeah. Um, this is a drum that's uh, called uh, Bombo Leguero, which is an Argentine folk drum. It basically looks like a sort of tenor marching drum uh, one might see in right here in New England. Um, but you're right, it is quite hairy. It has um, a top and bottom head with, uh, it's basically a goat. <laughs> and um, the sound is very sort of uh, dull. It's just the sound that you need for this. And um, this drum is actually another example of what I was talking about earlier, the melodicism and the, the talking aspect, having filtered into all kinds of music. This music is played in the inlands, hinterlands of Argentina in uh, um, places like Santiago. And um, can we hear a little bit of it? How it yeah, sounds? sure. I'll, I'll give you a sampling of the sound. You have a sort of just like a regular bass drum sound, but it's very round very because round. of the um, hair on it. Yeah, no sustain. Very important. And then uh, on the on the on the rim on top, you can get these sort of just wooden click kind of sounds like rim shots. And together, these two sounds create in an very distinct uh, rhythmic interplay that's very poorly rhythmic. I'll, I'll, I'll play with my left foot another instrument, uh, an affouché, Brazilian, uh, African Yeah, you should provenance. see his left foot, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. And uh, you can hear how this works. This is a uh, sort of 3-4-6-8 polyrhythmic construction for you guys who are musicologists. faster for one second. For you non-musicologists, that means that his le leg has to be playing in a different time signature than his hands. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's awesome. So we're going to hear all that and more in Luftjara, right? Yes. And in this piece, uh, maybe one thing, it, everything has been decelerated. Uh, and this drum Slow is down. now put into a completely different context. But I think you'll be able to pick up a little bit of the language and that I was just using. And how Bertram's world percussion brings us into another space and time as we hear this piece.
Well, folks, were you able to pick out some of those sounds and atmospheric things and ideas that Bertram has been contributing to all these types of music throughout the show? I sure hope so, because for me, it's been a thrill to have him here with all of his um, toys spread out across the barn. It's been terrific, Bertram. Thank you very much for having me. And remember, Bertram is here in the Boston area. Bertram is B-E-R-T-R-A-M, Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N-N. Yes, two right? N's. And you're on staff at Berkeley College of Music? Yes, I teach percussion and ear training and liberal arts a little bit too. Wow, he's really a renaissance man, right? <laughs> so if you want to connect with Bertram, Google him. Look for him on Berkeley College or Facebook and soon-to-come website, right? Correct, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, for coming and bringing all of your treats and things and for performing with me. Also, I wanted to thank uh, Don Davis, who's here, uh, a neighbor, friend, and <laughs> fabulous <laughs> player who's, who's contributed flute this afternoon. It's been a terrific time on the farm with each of you. I'm glad you're here with me. You've been listening to Dream Farm Radio. I'm Julie Lavender, your host. Thanks so much for spending time with us. When you touch a dream, well, you know you've touched a dreamer when you truly listen to For photos of the farm, show information, or to learn about becoming a sponsor, visit dreamfarmradio.com, where you can sign up to receive free weekly episodes of our program. Dream Farm Radio is produced by Don Richardson at mlcrecording.com. Thanks for listening. Every dreamer needs someone who'll touch their dream